0: Welcome to The Selfish Sesh, a podcast exploring self-love, confidence, mental health, sex and relationships without all of the bullshit. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and I believe that sometimes you need to be a little selfish hello my lovers and happy monday welcome to this week's episode of the selfish sesh before we get started i just want to quickly say a big thank you to all of the lovely feedback and messages that i received from last week's episode on friendship Honestly, all of the kind words and support means so much to me. You know, some days I wonder why I do this and then those messages definitely make me remember why I do. So thank you again. In today's episode, I am chatting to Alice Browning, a yoga teacher, spiritual content creator and hormonal healer based in Sydney. We chat about all of the different facets of her career, and trust me, she is such a dream to talk to. We, in particular, really deep dive into, I guess, a topic that I found really interesting, which is her experience in hormonal healing and cyclical living. So for those who don't know, cyclical living is a concept that I am just starting to get my head around. So I am definitely learning with you here and is basically about really harnessing the power of your period, which to me is super cool. Before we get into this interview, I just wanted to add a little disclaimer that these discussions on cyclical living in particular are based on a natural hormonal cycle However, if you are on any form of contraception, there are certainly elements that you can take into your life. At its core, and I guess what I really took out of it, it's all about listening to your body and, and knowing what it needs at a particular time. So for example, you may learn how to listen to your body more to know when's the best time to eat those really nutrient-dense foods and when you should be experimenting with different forms of exercise and just kind of scheduling your life more closely considering the timing of your body and I guess your life stages as well. If you are interested and looking for further information on this, I definitely recommend checking out Alice's website alicebrowning.com.au which I will include in the show notes and this also acts as an online yoga meditation and movement platform. Now I feel like I've done enough talking so let's get on to the interview. Hello Alice, thank you so much for joining me today on the Selfish Sesh. I'm really excited to chat to you today and we're going to be talking all about Hormones, our favourite things, either right, and stress and how to manage it all. Before we get into it, you are stuck in Sydney's lockdown. How are you going with it all? I feel for you.
1: Thank you for your support. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster. I'm not going to lie. Um, I did see a meme today that said, you know, we're all on the pandemic roller coaster where some days you're baking banana bread. I'm definitely not doing that. I'm not a baker. But some days you're baking banana bread and having a good old time. And the next day you're like clinically depressed. And I felt that meme in my soul. <laughs>
0: yeah we're in our fifth lockdown here in Melbourne and I thought I was doing well I was going for all my runs and then someone messaged me today and they're like how are you going like how are you going with it all and I I said I thought today was Friday and I ate chocolate for breakfast so I'm going really well (laughs) in it yeah and so it's
1: going great it's going great yeah
0: (laughs) yeah Exactly. You kind of just have to smile through the pain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing a little introduction on who you are and what you do in life?
1: Sure. So I am by trade, I am a full time yoga teacher. I've been teaching full time for basically a decade. In my previous lives, I was actually a burlesque dancer, a makeup artist and an actress. So just all of the creative things, which means that I feel probably a little too comfortable in front of a camera, which is, it can be a burden more than a blessing. In the very first lockdown, I launched my, what was meant to just be an online yoga platform. And now that we've been nearly doing that for 18 months, it's definitely had a little bit more of a rebrand. So I guess in a nutshell, I am a yoga teacher. I am an advocate for women. I am a huge dog lover to the point where it's a little obsessive. And um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of a little bit of a sloth if I'm given half the chance.
0: <laughs> I love that description. I am definitely yeah. a little bit of a sloth as well, but you were quite the slashy. I love that you've got all of these like yeah. little traits under your belt. You never know when you're going to whip out a burlesque dance. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you never know. Sometimes OnlyFans really starts calling my name, especially with like the third walk down And I'm like, you know, she did do burlesque in her last lifetime. So it could come in handy. I think about
0: OnlyFans all the time. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> when, when you read like how much money they make, you're like, mm, it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad.
1: I would just do a little strip tease here and there and we'll see how it goes. <laughs>
0: exactly. And I guess one thing I like to ask, all of my guests and you've kind of already summed it up but at the core and in no more than five words who are you really?
1: I am a woman unapologetic in who she really is.
0: I love that. Was that five words? I didn't count. I don't know.
1: It seems succinct. And I was like, did I nail that? I'm not
0: sure. I think
1: you did nail it. It kind
0: of it kind of answers my final question for the podcast. So you kind of nailed the whole, we can end this now. Amazing.
1: Yeah. Let's just all go to bed. We're done.
0: As I mentioned today, we're going to get really into the whole kind of hormonal side of your work, which is really exciting to me because it's something that I probably don't know enough about. But before we get into it, you mentioned that you have an online platform for your yoga and meditation teachings. Do you want to share on that a little bit more? Uh, I've just seen your new website and it looks amazing, by the way. Thank you. Well,
1: yes. So basically, I have been teaching
0: studio classes,
1: so full time for coming up to a decade. And I never did it part-time. Like As soon as I did my teacher training, I was straight into teaching. And I think I owe a lot of that to the fact that I had taught dance before that and I'd acted. So a lot of my thought process about it is that you can be the best yogini in the world and you can be able to pretzel your body and do all these amazing things. But if you can't actually hold space for people, then you can't be a yoga teacher because yoga teaching is holding space for people and being really present for people. And you really don't know what's going to come up in a class. So it's so much more than just the asana, the physical practice. And I'm 38. So I like to tell everyone that I'm an elder millennial. If anyone is a Eliza fan, she's that amazing comedian.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love stand up comedy. So I've definitely yeah. watched that special.
1: <laughs> She's the greatest. So yeah, I'm at 38. And I just, I had been thinking for a while, it's not really sustainable for me at this point in my life to be teaching, like my usual schedule is 16 classes a week, which is a lot of energy out. It's a really beautiful way to make a living and I absolutely love my students, but my body is like just crying out to me a lot of the time. And this is where it really starts to thread back in with all of the women's work that I'm doing. So I just realized, you know, I should build something for myself. A lot of my studios were going online um, in the very first lockdown and I was like, why? you know, I can go online. I can do that. I love a camera. I love a bit of a joke. I love to do all that. And so we started doing it myself and my partner, who is my life partner, but also my business partner. And he is definitely the brains behind it. <laughs> and he's definitely the tech wizard behind it. I am in front of the camera. I'm leading the class. But if there is any problems beyond like, where does the mic go into That's, his his domain 100% I'm a little bit useless
0: <laughs> I love that I'm not very techie either and what made you interested in yoga is that something you've always been inclined to explore my whole life I'd like been the running girl and I was always like
1: workout girl and a lot of people would say to me it happened quite a few times people would be like oh you should really learn to meditate And that used to really piss me off. (laughs) And I was like, why? Why should I learn to meditate? And they're like, because you're pretty highly strung. Like, you're a bit, like, irritable. You're a bit angry. And I was like, oh, God, people and their bloody opinions. I also grew up in Byron Bay. So I grew up in the land of, like, tofu and vegetables and yoga. And I think when you grow up in that place, you're a little bit anti that. You know, I had very hippie parents. I didn't think it was cool. Like, me and all my friends were like, ugh, yoga, the worst. And... (laughs) So then I, my brother actually passed away when he was 27 and I went and I was finally like, okay, you know what? Like everything in your life kind of shifts when you go through a big trauma like that. And I was like, okay, I'll go and I'll go and suss out of class. And I went and I hated it. I hated every single moment of it. I hated the teacher. I hated what they were going on about. I was like checking my watch. I was like, ugh, I just want to get out of here. But I also felt very triggered and I was old enough at that point I was like 26 25 I was old enough to know that when something kind of triggers you in that way and you get that flutter of like I'm like annoyed but I'm also like kind of interested and like why does everyone look so zen in this class and why am I finding it to be the hardest thing I've ever done and like hating every moment so I went back and it just I think when you have that relationship with yoga, you fall in love with it really hard and fast. And that's how I went. I just loved it. And I loved every single moment from then on, even though I found it to be one of the hardest things I've ever done.
0: It's so funny that you shared that story. And the reason that I actually asked that question was, I am not a yoga girl. I am not a meditator. I am the runner, cardio, F45, like boxing. That's like my kind of workout. And- (laughs) you know, at work, like we even do yoga classes and they're always like trying to get us to meditate. And I'm exactly like you were like, I'm not going to meditate. Like I'd rather think or something, but it's something that I definitely know that I am interested in it enough. But every time I try, I feel like I get that roadblock. Yeah. Is there any kind of advice that you would have there to get through that roadblock or is it Is it a habit that you kind of need to train yourself into?
1: It's definitely the presence and the mindfulness is something that you can cultivate when you become interested in your resistance to it. And there are so many people like you and I, and that's why I always tell my story really truthfully and I'm really Authentic in the way I speak to people in that, you know, I didn't come to yoga and I wasn't the total bendy girl that was just like, this is so great and I'm having a great Mm. time and namaste and here's a Rumi quote. Like, I was never like that. I was kind of the girl that swore too much and was usually ugly crying up the back of the class and was like, why is this so goddamn hard? (laughs) Um, But that's what we need more of. And I think, you know, meditation, the yoga asana, so the warrior one, the warrior two, the whatever physical poses you're doing, They're a gateway into the meditation seat. So it took me a really long time to cultivate a meditation practice and it still doesn't come easily. You have to really dedicate time to it. But I will say there's barely ever a time that I meditate and I finish and I'm like, oh, what a bullshit waste of time. I'm always like, that was a really good idea, Ali. Pat on the back for you. But yeah, you have to dedicate time to it and be interested in in the resistance that comes up like why do I not want to sit here why do I want to check my phone why am I thinking about that person and going back to that memory of 2016 when I'm meditating in 2021 you know
0: that's really interesting I I definitely you've intrigued me even more (laughs) like it's it's definitely something that I know I want to be able to do but yeah yeah
1: I I do struggle with it everyone struggles yeah
0: That's good to know, though, because it seems like, you know, there's the Zen personality types and then there's the us of the world who are a bit more, like, active
1: and... (laughs) There's a lot of, like, type A personalities and when you're teaching a class, you kind of look out and I can see a lot of people who just want to get it right and we call that the type A personality. Like, I just, like, tell me exactly where my body should be and tell me exactly how I should be and I'll do it. And it's like, that's not the point. (laughs) Um... But you can definitely have your own experience with it and you can be, you know, the annoyed girl or, you know, the girl that's having a hard time or the girl that's crying or, you know, the girl that's going through a breakup and processing it. You can be all of those things and still be a yogi. There's no one way to be because that would be so goddamn
0: boring. (laughs) (laughs) This may be a bit of a simple question on the surface, but why is it that you do what you do? I think
1: I do what I do because I want to support people. And I definitely have realized now that I really want to support women and I do what I do. And I speak the way that I speak. And, you know, I've been told that I'm like a truth teller and a truth spitter so many times. And it's like, why? Because it does put me in kind of a vulnerable position, I guess. And it's because everyone's been there. You know, like if I don't tell my story and be like, I hated yoga when I first did it then someone isn't going to feel comfortable to tell their story and be like, yeah, like the first time I went to yoga, I really hated it. And I thought it was kind of a bunch of bullshit. And then we can't have a conversation about it. So it's like opening up conversations and doorways so that, you know, you find a practice that's actually going to serve you because there is elements in yoga and meditation in mindfulness, in presence that are going to serve everybody, absolutely. We all know that from a logic point of view. So it's just about finding those practices that do support you.
0: That leads me on to my next question around you do create this really beautiful and amazing content on Instagram that is quite in-depth as well. And is the reason that you're creating this in order to kind of create this support network for those people out there looking for the right kind of practice? A hundred percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I share what I share so that it opens doorways to conversations and I, I would have been really, really turned off yoga if someone hadn't have been really real with me at the beginning. Cause if I had just looked out and seen like a sea of Lululemon align pants on size six bodies with girls that are like lithe and go into backbends and are like, Ooh, That feels amazing to be in a full wheel, whereas I'm like crying and like cursing underneath my breath. Then I would have never done yoga. But I had a I had a really awesome first teacher who I kind of girl crushed on and was like, You're so amazing, tell me everything about you. And she was sassy and she was real, and that's you know, maybe I can be that to someone else that's a little bit resistant. And so that's kind of why I do and share the way that I do on social media because everyone's on social media and there is no point putting up this fake facade because it's so boring and it's so vanilla and we're so over it.
0: I love how you speak so freely and you're so funny. I'm like laugh. I think
1: it comes with being 38 maybe and no longer giving a shit, <laughs> but I'm not sure.
0: Let's move on to kind of the topic for the day, which is all around hormonal health. So firstly on Instagram, you have it listed that you are a woman's hormonal health aid. It's a little bit of a tongue tie. What does this mean?
1: Well, to me, it's being an advocate for women. So I may not have all the answers. In fact, I probably don't have all of the answers. Um, I've been definitely deep diving into women's health in I would say the last two years which is not very long in the scheme of things and so i guess when i learnt, started to learn all about cyclical living and you know periods and this kind of move towards feminine energy it was so eye-opening for me and so if i can speak about it a little bit more and bring a little bit more awareness to it through my following and what I post and then you know what's on my website and my platform and my offering then more women will hopefully start to wake up to the call back into cyclical living which can be so potent.
0: So the cyclical living is this what you kind of touch on on your website article which is around the seasons of your period cycle?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's There's four seasons to a woman's cycle and often we only talk about just menstruation. It's like, oh, I bleed and I might be a little bit kind of angry and want to eat a block of chocolate before that. And it's, well, it's not entirely untrue. We are angry and we do want to eat chocolate. There are four seasons and I, a lot of people, including me, break them down in terms of seasons. So your bleed is referred to as your inner winter. And the energy of that, which makes complete sense once you relate it back to the seasons, is that you're going inward. And you're going inward, you're resting a lot more. It's definitely a time when in order to really balance your hormones, it's great to eat like really nourishing, warming foods for yourself and definitely not push yourself physically. Like maybe you do some yin yoga or you meditate, perhaps you don't move at all because it doesn't feel right. And then after your bleed, you have your inner spring, which is exactly the same as spring, is a great time to almost plant some seeds and kind of sow into some new ideas. It's a great time for fresh food and lots more salads. We actually, as women, we can have a lot more calories and a lot more calorie heavy food at our bleed time and just before in more like the PMS stage. And then once we get to our inner spring, we can actually eat that fresher food and smoothies and stuff like that, if that works with your constitution. And then we go into our inner summer, which is our ovulation, which we all kind of know. And that's when we feel, you know, fun and flirty and we feel confident and we're like, fuck it, I'm going to wear the shorts and the crop top and I might go and speak to that person. And it's definitely a time like in your work cycle where... If I'm doing like a speaking engagement like today, this evening, then I would try and put that in my inner summer because I know that the way that I speak and the way that I communicate is going to be a lot clearer. Whereas if I do that in my inner winter or my inner autumn, which is the next phase, I'll probably be all over the shop and asking you to edit so many things. And then, inner you know, autumn is your luteal phase. And so that's just before you bleed. And it's definitely a time i found and a lot of women find that's great for tying up like loose ends like if you need to send off invoices or you need to kind of clarify that last work thing before you take rest it's a great time for doing that you kind of got a little bit more of a take no shit vibe like you're very kind of concise and to the point um but it's also a really good time for checking in with your body like I'm in my luteal phase at the moment and I'm like, how do I feel? What do I feel like eating? How much do I want to rest? Because you don't always know how your period's going to go. So it's a really good time to just be a little bit more gentle with yourself.
0: Yeah. One of the things you touched on was how you actually kind of plan your like work commitments around that. How do you plan that? Do you have a really good period planning app? I look I also am a
1: full-time yoga teacher and run my own business so it is easier to do it I don't know it it's definitely not impossible it's A little bit more work when you're in a nine to five but it's not impossible at all I would say like 70% of my students actually know when my period's coming because I'm always like I am not coming in to teach yeah so and I'm not gonna lie to you my period's coming I don't know how it's gonna be you know my period's pretty hectic so I feel like I'm a lot more open with it now and I feel like I think definitely studios out of yoga studios out of everyone I mean they're still businesses but I can explain to them how I, how I need support at that time.
0: I just think it's so important to kind of know that, you know, the different stages of your cycle and the hormones kind of impact you differently. Like I only just learnt that during your period you burn like more inactive calories. So, you know, you are craving those naughty foods per se, but like your body's craving that and they're act- it's actually being burnt as well. Yeah. Exactly. And it, once you start to
1: read into this and learn more about this, it's, it's actually really simple and it's actually just diving into the body's wisdom. Like the body is constantly telling us what it needs. And we have been taught, um, because society tells us that actually men work on a circadian rhythm, which is that 24 hour cycle. And we've been led to believe that everyone, just works on that 24-hour cycle. Women do work on that, but we also have a 28-day cycle, which is our infradium rhythm, and it's not really spoken about that much. And that's what we as women need to tap into because men can get up and they can do exactly the same workout, eat exactly the same foods, you know, uh, tap into their productivity at the same time each and every single day, and it will be fine. Women do not work like that. And if we try to do that, we're probably going to head for burnout We're going to feel really drained. We're just going to feel like nothing's quite aligning because it's not aligning because we're not aligning with our four seasons and we're not aligning with our
0: 28-day cycle. So in terms of say if someone is listening and they're like, okay, like this kind of makes sense. This is something I want to explore. What would you say would be kind of like the next steps to go, you know, I want to start not exactly like living my life like this 100%, but I I guess at least like implementing some of those tactics into their life?
1: Yeah, I would say first off, like there's so much information out there. I know that for some people – They may have never heard it before, and it could be like a life-altering moment. There is actually quite a lot of information out there, but it has really only gained momentum in, I would say, the last five years. So to be fair, it's okay that every woman doesn't know about it. And definitely in the yoga world that I'm in, everyone's talking about it, but I know that that's not the normal world. So I would say the first thing is to actually start tracking your cycle and start to almost think of it as like a journal of how you feel on each and every day. And even if you can't do it each and every day, it's like, okay, now I realize, so once you've tracked like how many days does my cycle go for, then you can start to track how you feel in those different four seasons. You can definitely get an app on your phone. Um, I use the flow app and the flow app is great because it was created by Alyssa Vitti who came up, with the whole infradian rhythm and she actually brought it into the world's knowledge so if you're going to follow anyone besides me um and get info then Alyssa vitti is who you want to follow she's put out some amazing books and she really explains it in like laywoman's terms yeah so it's it's not anything that you can't wrap your head around it's actually just makes complete sense once you start delving into it But I would say first things first, start to track your cycle um, and then start to just really tune into your body's wisdom, which can be really challenging when we've been taught that we should go to F45, you know, four times a week, every single week of our lives, completely untrue. And you'll actually notice that, you know, you're probably, if you want to lose weight, you're not losing weight and... You're feeling really energized when you know men that are doing exactly the same are feeling like they're so energized and they feel so great and clear. And you're like, Why don't I feel like that? It's because you're not running on the same cycle or rhythm. It's
0: definitely something that I definitely want to explore more. So thank you for sharing that. And in terms of hormones, and I guess every article and every woman's magazine ever, there's articles around how to balance your hormones. But I'm going to ask a really, potentially a really dumb question. What do imbalanced
1: hormones look like? Um, When you're imbalanced, I would say that you probably have less ability to deal with stress. And that can come out as a lot of irritability. It can come out as mood swings. It can come out as, lots of fluctuations in weight it can come out as like hormone imbalances in your skin and so basically i like to think of it as all of those things that we deem as bad with like pms if your hormones are imbalanced that's what's happening everyone you know um has a period and you can definitely have like some form of pms and you might have a little bit of discomfort with your period but what i've come to learn and what is really potent once we understand it is that nobody should have a period that is excruciating you shouldn't be skipping work you shouldn't be skipping social engagements you shouldn't be you know living writhing on your bathroom floor in pain so you can have discomfort, but if you're having anything more than that, then your
0: hormones are imbalanced. I think that's something that you don't really learn about at school. And, like, to be honest, we learn nothing in sex education <laughs> or health A-men in schools. <laughs> like, I, I talk about this all the time, and it's like if I could change one thing, it would be around health health classes in school, we learnt nothing and I'm still learning things now as a 25-year-old. I think, you know, we kind of normalise period pain. We normalise it that you are going to be in pain for this certain amount of time and so many people have such huge issues with it and, you know, it's not until later in life that they realise that there actually was something underlying there but they, they never knew that it was assigned to go looking for something
1: yeah absolutely at school it was like here's a pad here's a tampon go into the cubicle and like work it out and it's so unhelpful and so shitty and I think you know at least if we're having the conversation now it's you know I can't wait to have a daughter and be able to have this conversation with her and You know i've heard of people now having period parties and period ceremonies for their daughter i'm like yes have the ceremony but it's you know it doesn't have to be woo woo it just has to be this really normal conversation of like your body is changing here are the changes let's have a conversation educate ourselves so you know what's right for you and what's going to serve you and what's going to support you and you can know your boundaries around having a cycle and being a woman
0: is this something that I guess you've always been really a very knowledgeable on or interested in but be also really comfortable to talk about? Like personally, I reckon only in the past maybe 5 years like my friends and I have had really open conversations around our periods.
1: Yeah, no, not at all I wasn't. I I would definitely say it's only in the last couple of years and I I always knew that my, that the way I experienced my periods was really shitty, but I didn't understand that that meant that there was an underlying problem. I just thought, oh, it's just really unfair that it's me. (laughs) And I, you know, in the past, I would like drink heaps of red wine to like almost numb out my bleed, which I now know is the worst thing you can possibly do. But no one ever told me that. Yeah, I just, I definitely didn't know it and I was exactly the same and I didn't really used to talk to my friends about it. You'd just kind of be like, oh, I've got PMS, like I'm being a bitch to my boyfriend, whatever. And that was the end of the conversation. And I think that is where the problem lies because if you're not talking it into normality, then there's this huge stigma about it. And that means if someone's having like a really bad period, they feel so alone in that because they're like, oh, no one else experiences that because no one's talking about it, which is absolutely wrong (laughs) because it's usually a lot more people experience it. I
0: totally agree. And like, what advice would you have to, I guess, my listeners into being more open with their friends and their family members and partners?
1: Uh, I mean, look, partners, I've always had really – supportive partners, even when I think about those really, those guys that wore like, you know, jumpers knitted with red flags, they were still good. They still got me chocolate and they still got me wine when I wasn't meant to have it. Um, I think just have, I think honestly, the way that I started doing it, which sounds so millennial, but... I started following all of these accounts that were really period positive. And once I started really normalizing it and it became really normalized in conversations that I had. I think it's also, you know, as you get older, you kind of lose that filter of like, oh, hush, hush, we shouldn't talk about this. But recently I, um, I went to a talk about endometriosis, which is quite possibly what I have undiagnosed and one in five women have it. And it's a silent epidemic for women and the stories that some of those women and girls told of like chronic pain like i'm talking for 23 days out of 28 not being able to hold down a job going in for five different surgeries having you know scars all over their abdomen and still having no answers it just broke my heart because they were suddenly in this room with all these other women being like same here yes i've had that too And you can see the mask kind of drop from their face. And it's just like that is that to me just like lights me up. Like there's nothing better than that.
0: That is so powerful. And I think, you know, it kind of relates to all facets of life that no one is alone in what they're feeling or what they're experiencing, no matter how left of center you think it is in your own head. There's an army of people suffering your own sufferings, which is Almost a little bit horrible to think of. (laughs) It does make you feel way less alone.
1: And, you know, thank God now there's like period undies and Bonds is doing it and Love Luna and Whatty Body. And, you know, everything's, it's a lot more spoken about, but it's nowhere near enough. But for right now, we are taking, you know, steps in the right direction.
0: I know. I feel like brands have kind of taken that step maybe in the last like two to three years that it's been... A lot more at the forefront even in like their advertising campaigns they're not shying away from it so I guess that's a start.
1: Absolutely yeah it's it's definitely a step in the right direction
0: and it's great and at least you know
1: if you're sitting there and you know you see an ad like that and you see it with your family your boyfriend that can start a conversation and that's why having these brands and breaking these stigmas is so powerful because at least it might spark a conversation or. You know, maybe someone in your family is like, ew, yuck, when they see, you know, period undies being wrung out in the shower. But it's like, well, that's what I do every month. So, yeah, those undies that are hanging up, that's what (laughs) happens.
0: I love that. And one thing that I guess I am particularly interested in terms of hormones is in particular how they – I've said in particular like 10 times (laughs) – is how hormones – impact stress, or I guess, alternatively, how stress impacts hormones? Yeah. So
1: when we're stressed, our adrenal glands, which we've all probably heard about our adrenal glands, they pump out adrenaline and cortisol, So which gets your body into fight or flight. And fight or flight is all fine, and it's all great, and it usually helps you to make really quick decisions on your feet. But the reality is none of us are getting chased by tigers in this present 2021 life. So <laughs> it's also like fight and flight isn't that necessary. And now everyday stresses like deadlines and traffic and shopping and relationship problems um, and working late and those kind of things, they happen over and over again. and They become these everyday stresses and it de- depletes your cortisol reserve so it leaves the adrenals unable to respond to stress properly so we find that we're just continually with this hum of like low level stress and anxiety which a lot of the time can turn into depression and that's yeah, probably the worst part about it.
0: Do you have any kind of, I guess, tips to kind of manage this so that we're not, you know, sitting at this high level of stress all the time?
1: Yeah. Well, that's definitely check in with where you are in your cycle is one of those things. My stress levels spike when I get to luteal, which is in a autumn. And when I get into um, menstrual, which is in a winter. So you know, you'll often feel like when you're PMS, you're like that irritability is high. So it's like, it's the smallest thing. And you're just like, I'm fucking over it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And so I like to check in with where I am in my cycle and be like, okay, cool. Maybe you shouldn't um, lose it at your boyfriend right now because he started chopping up cauliflower instead of cabbage. It's okay. Rain it back. And I mean, like, obviously I'm going to say meditation and yoga, Because these practices allow you to actually sit with yourself and check in. So, you know, and maybe for people that's going out into the ocean and having a surf and sitting out there and kind of paddling and that in itself can be really meditative. And maybe it's going for a run or a walk, but something where you're not actually running away from what you feel, but you're able to actually just sit in it and be like, okay, so this is where I'm at. I acknowledge it and let's see how it feels in my body let's see how it starts to affect my breath and let's see if I can't just sit and breathe and like watch it pass through
0: I'm going to be trying all of those strategies I'm such a stress head and I know I am and I feel like ever since like a young age it's been something so ingrained in like my personality but it definitely then in the same sense kind of like affects my period too. Like sometimes I'll skip it and obviously it's due to how stressed I am and how crazy I'm being in that very
1: moment. <laughs> yeah. I, and look, stress is the worst thing for our period, which is such a an awful thing to hear because it's kind of like, well, how am I meant to – I mean, stress is like that's life. But the thing is it's like how do we deal with stress because we don't have to be going 24-7, that's not our reality we actually don't need to do that so what changes can you implement so that you are not running at this high level of stress so that your body is not affected and how can you you know implement those changes because yeah you see girls and they don't get their period and they're like oh that's great I'm like is it it's kind of like the worst thing ever
0: <laughs> and I think that's a nice way to kind of sum it up in a final question on this topic what is a way that we can kind of, I guess, start to celebrate our periods and kind of feel grateful or, you know, feel happy about them instead of going, oh, shit, like, here we go again. Like, I feel like it's such a negative thing that nobody looks forward to.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go off the bat here and I'm going to say, I now in the last, let's say, eight months, I have started to look forward to my bleed because for me, it is downtime. I let everyone know, my boyfriend knows, (laughs) my studio knows, my good friends know, and I'm like, I'm out. Like, let me watch Love Island. Don't come at me and tell me to watch some documentary. Like, I'm going to watch Love Island and I'm going to sit in bed and I'm going to eat something really warming and drink something really nourishing and I might be there... Or be in a seat or be you know warm and cuddled up with very little movement for you know three to five days depending and once you get into that cyclical living you realize that there are no good and bad phases there's no like oh no bleeding but like can't wait till ovulation yeah it's like they all have their um their different qualities and what they're great for so once you start educating yourself you can be like cool, I'm going into, you know, in a winter, can't wait to rest or awesome. I'm going into in a spring, can't wait to, you know, grab my business partner and start to kind of um, spring off a couple of different ideas with them. That's been going around in my mind because I'm starting to plant these new seeds. And then I'm going to put that into action during summer. And then I'm going to tie up those loose ends during autumn. And you just start to use the different cycles to better yourself and support yourself
0: better i feel like i've learned so much on a topic that i embarrassingly didn't know enough about and still probably don't so i'm sure i'll be i'll be dming you with all my questions moving yeah girl slip
1: into my dms yes
0: lucky (laughs) for you so before we end i like to ask My guests, a series of questions around themselves. And the first one you've already answered in my very first question, and it is Would you say you are unapologetically yourself? Why or why not? (laughs) I would say, Hell yes. (laughs) And (laughs) why would be,
1: in answer to your question, why not? You know, like, why wouldn't I be? And I'm not saying it's easy. It took me a really long time to get to that place. I've always been a bit sassy. Sometimes people take me the wrong way but yeah I have come to a place where I'm like it's kind of it's kind of awesome and if you it it opens up the doorways to those conversations just like I said at the beginning if I'm unapologetically myself then I get to kind of find this awesome community of women who are like oh yeah I want to be unapologetically myself too and we all come together and we drink cacao and we talk about our periods
0: (laughs) I love that. And if you could offer a younger version of yourself one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Oh, God. Oh, so many. Oh, young Allie, She made so many mistakes. Um, <laughs>
0: Didn't we all? I her s- a book. I'm still making them, so... <laughs>
1: I My piece of advice to younger Alice would be just because he's mean doesn't mean he likes you and let's really throw that BS, boys will be boys myth into the bin because I think it sets us off for a lot of toxic, shitty relationships.
0: Amen to that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you want to be remembered as?
1: Besides the girl dancing around in my underwear, eating Pix Crunchy peanut butter out of the jar as I dance to um, Elton John, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Elton John's Tiny Dancer, I would also like to be remembered as a woman unapologetically herself, just living her best life and trying to do her best to support other women.
0: And my very, very last question, it is your time. The stage is yours. Where can my listeners learn more about you and your journey and your businesses? Plug away. Oh, perfect.
1: Plug on. Okay, so everyone can find me on Insta it's alice underscore browning underscore hopefully if my marketing team and by marketing team i mean my boyfriend is doing his job right i will be one of the first people to come up and my platform which is there to support women with yoga pilates meditation and education is alicebrowning.com.au i also have a facebook group movement and musings by alice browning But uh, yeah, I think probably first port of call is Instagram and from there everything links back to my platform or you can go straight ahead to my platform.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to share this episode. So thank you for your time. And I really hope that you get out of lockdown soon. Melbourne is on your side. I hope you
1: do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, let's all support each other. It has been such a joy speaking to you. And yeah, have a beautiful evening.
0: You too. Thank you for joining me today on The Selfish Sesh. Please subscribe rate and review via your favorite podcast app and please do tag us in any of your posts on the gram stay selfish babes and chat soon